I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, February 6, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Where are we? We're at new highs. Obviously, the market continues to push higher. What do we have on the board? We're going to look at a lot of stuff tonight. I'm going to give you one of those things. One of those esoteric things. Esoteric? Esoteric? I'm going to give you one of those things that nobody else is talking about. It comes with another discussion. We're going to talk about it in a few moments. I just want to set the table. It's kind of like one of those things that we did before. Remember the square root deal? Well, that only worked to down here. Thought it was going to work a whole lot more. It worked until it didn't. Well, we have another one of those type of things coming up. Right now, the market is lulling everybody into a false sense of it's just going to go up forever. And that's fine. We've been here before. That's common garden variety market behavior when we're in the middle of a melt-up. It is the actual psychology that goes along with the melt-up. Let me explain a little bit further. I think it's a worthwhile conversation. In order to frame the conversation, let's go back to December of 2018. There it is, right down into Christmas and right up after Christmas, December 2018. Here's the point that we want to note. Think about the sentiment when the market was headed here, was even here, was here, was here. The sentiment was, and the feeling by traders, by investors, by the media, the talking heads, the pundits, everybody continued to get more bearish and more bearish and more bearish, and to the point where they actually give up just thinking it's going to keep going down. It's called capitulation. It's got a level of despair. They give up. And that's generally when we're closer to a bottom. If you go back to the videos that we were making at that time, we were looking for a low when everybody else was thinking it was just going to keep going forever. Now flip the concept around. Fast forward to today. Let's just say for argument's sake, the market keeps going higher. The sentiment keeps getting better. The analysts keep getting more bullish. The underlying belief is that it's going to keep going forever. Price targets get raised. You know the drill. We're kind of in that scenario now. But let's talk about something else. Let's say they can go up a whole hell of a lot more. How can that possibly be? It would defy gravity. We have a whole list of stuff, a whole list of reasons why the market can't even be where it is now. We need to buy a database just to catalog the reasons. Yet, here we are at new highs. It's called the market's climbing a wall of worry. It always climbs the wall of worry. Now let's get to the other thing. A few weeks ago, I started telling you that we were looking for a top the week of January 20, 2020. So a top came in, it was a short-term top, the market came down, went right back up. Here we are again, where I've got something else on the radar screen, not quite the same, not necessarily eminent, but it can play into a scenario. What are we looking at? We're looking at a run-up into the March 2000 top 
which was the culmination of the dot-com bubble, the dot-bomb, the whatever you want to call it, the tech wreck, the telecom debacle, the whole nine yards. So everything runs up in the late 90s right to a top, and this top came in in March, the year 2000. Why is this important? Well, it may or may not be important, but as we get closer to March, I can't help but notice what's going on. There's a lot of people out there that want to draw an analogy to 2007. And to a large degree, the market does look and feel very similar, very reminiscent of what happened in 2007, the run-up right before the financial crisis hit and took the market down through 2008 into March of 2009. I think, and this is just an opinion, I'm looking at stuff, I'm looking in corners where hopefully not a lot of other people are looking. So I'm saying maybe it is reminiscent of 2007, but maybe it's more like 2000. Why? Well, let's just say it's a 20-year anniversary. I think that counts for something. I think it counts for more than meets the eye. Here's a monthly chart of the current market using today's data. It's a melt-up. There's no two ways about it. How high can the market go? We already talked about 242. Maybe it gets there, maybe it doesn't, maybe it turns around tomorrow. We don't really know. We're at new highs, anything goes. We're in no man's land. But something else is possible that most traders don't anticipate, can't anticipate, can't even believe that it could happen until it's upon us. What is it? It's the blow-off top. We know about them, we've seen them before. Hell, we just saw one in Tesla. Here's a daily chart of the S&P Cash Index. It's at 33.45. Let's just say we were going to have a blow-off top. How high? Where would it go? The answer is, nobody knows. But what we do know is, if it actually happened, it culminates over, let's just say, several days where it really gets going, defies gravity, something in the news, spark the market, they just keep powering forward. You might see... 30, 40, 50 S&P handles, two, three, four days in a row, and that's the end of it. And that's one of the ways that these blow-off tops happen. And here's why I suggest we don't anticipate it happening. You don't know whether it's going to happen or not going to happen. But what I will say is it's an awareness because these type of things can bring 150, 200, 200 S&P handles in a matter of days. And then this is what they look like after they top out. They don't all look like this, but it looks similar. It's the same concept. What you get are charts that look like this. Whether you're looking at a weekly chart, a monthly chart, they just come from nowhere and they end up powering forward beyond what anybody ever believed they could. And then ultimately they come down hard and fast and leave somebody, some traders, crying at the curb. Like, who was the poor soul that bought Tesla over $900 a share? Remember the other day? Who the hell's buying Tesla at $900? So, in order to wrap up that segment of the conversation, what are we looking for? We're not looking for anything. It's an awareness. If we begin to see a melt-up culminate like that, that's what it is. And based on the fact that we're coming into that time zone for an anniversary of the March 2000 top in the market, I think you got to be on guard for the next several weeks. 
Could you get a pullback first? Could you get two pullbacks first? Of course you can. The market rarely hands you everything you think it's going to hand you all at once or at one time. What it normally does is tries to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many traders and investors as possible before actually doing the thing it ultimately intended to do. All right, all that being said, what's the hourly chart telling us? It's telling us it's doing the same thing day in, day out. A gap up, goes sideways, pulls back a little bit. A gap up, goes sideways, grinds higher, pulls back a little bit. Gap up. It's the same routine over and over and over again. So the same thing happened today. Gap up. First candle was somewhat of a poor candle. And then we just went sideways all day. It's the same routine. It will break. The routine will break when you least expect it to break. Instead of a gap up, you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be a gap down. Now, last Friday, we had a bad day in the market. It was somewhat of a debacle. What do we get this Friday? There's a couple of things to note. At new highs, it's hard to sell the market because you're just really making a guess that the market's gone too far too fast. That's, of course, barring the sign or signal of a trend change. These are the ones that are taught in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. When you don't have one, it's just a guess. When you do have one, at least you have something to hang your hat on, you have something to trade against, and you know when you're wrong. Are any of the S&P charts that I watch telling us anything other than what we're looking at? And the short answer is no. They're all just high on the chart, bullish, at new highs. There's nothing bad on the SPY chart. What about Camp IWM? Now, we had a first hour reversal candle in the IWM today. So at the end of the day, the S&P 500 is up about one-third of 1%, and we have the IWM, which, by the way, is my favorite market-leading indicator, is lagging the SPY. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. From a technical perspective, what actually happened today? And by the way, we don't need this anymore. If we visit that number on the next go-around, that's not a number we're willing to buy. We were willing to buy that number on this go-around, but they came up short. That was just a little short hop sidebar. Where were we? From a technical perspective, here's what happened. It's pretty simple. We talk about it every single day. What do you have here? You have a breakdown candle high, 168.01. What's the high of the day today? High of day is 168.15. Market turns around, starts marching down in the other direction. What happened? Was rejected at the breakdown candle high, period, full stop. Short hop, inside the numbers, taking a look at stocks on the move real quick today, we had three stocks hit their price objective, Twilio, TSN, and Qualcomm. We're going to take a look at the charts of those stocks in a moment. What about the commentary? Do we have any value to offer throughout the commentary? Well, I submit, yes, we do. I'm going to scroll around. You can read it for yourself. I'm not going to hold your hand, but here's what I do want to point out. Once again, we nailed the low of the day for traders that wanted to participate when the market started coming down first thing in the morning. We're not new. We've done this before. When the market looks like it's going to do something and it continues to do the same thing over and over again, we know what the duck looks like until it's not a duck anymore. We had another duck this morning. 9.40, look at the post. Showtime for the bulls. They must hold this spot or the bears have the ball. Decision point. 
morning shakeout, or more. Let's continue going. Things start to heat up. They're holding the gap. They start trading away from the gap. Takes them a little while, but they never really got in trouble. Then the stocks on the move trade started to hit. Started to get some rocket rides. We'll get back to that later. Continuing to scroll. Now, as the day started to unfold, the market went into what I like to call chop shop formation. There's nothing to do with the S&P when it's in a chop shop formation. The volume is light. It's quiet. Every time the market goes down a little bit, it pops right back up. Every time the market goes up a little bit, it pops right back down. There's nothing to do in a chop shop formation. How about Twilio or Twilio or Rocket Ride? Just get a lay of the land on what happened. Stock closes yesterday at 127.15. We had two numbers on the board. When they're close together, and these are close together considering it's a $120 stock or 127 yesterday, you do half a position at the first, half a position at the second, you end up with an average of about 118.5. And what happened by 10 o'clock in the morning? Stocks at a high of a buck and a quarter and change. Really? That is a rocket ride. You see this over and over and over again. And the reason is because stocks are headed to a destination. If you can find the destination, well, you know what happens next. On the large majority of cases, garden variety market conditions, they're going to turn around and go back the other way. That's using the 80-20 rule. 20% of the time, they stick around down there and the trade doesn't work out. Or we take a loss. 80% of the time, they work out one way or the others. Some are base hits, some are doubles, triples, and even a handful of home runs. How about Qualcomm? One of the members from Inside the Numbers today said in an email this afternoon that Qualcomm is the gift that keeps on giving. My response was, yeah, if you still own it. I didn't still own it at the time. Let's get the lay of the land. Stock closes almost $91 yesterday. Getting a slight haircut at the open. Not too bad. We're looking to identify a very important price. You see a gap here. We had the prices in between. The rest is history. Once it got going, it grinded higher all day to do what? Go back over $90. Over $3 from entry in one day. This isn't a fluke, folks. You see this all the time. I show this for a reason. There's a method to the madness. Let's get back in our lane and talk about my second favorite market leading indicator, transportation department. So big picture, what jumps off the page when we bring up the chart? Into the 20 period moving average, red day, S&P was up, red day in the transports, red day in the IWM. Is the market trying to indicate something? Yeah, I think so. Puzzle pieces on the table. If you read the notes that I showed from Inside the Numbers, that's what you saw begin to develop today for Inside the Numbers members. We talked about divergences. So when there are divergences, so the S&P is going one way, transports, IWM, and some other things may be going a different way, one of two things is going to happen. One of two ways the divergences has to disappear. Either The S&P is going to catch up with the stuff on the downside or the stuff that's diverging on the downside is going to flip around and catch up with the S&P on the upside. So how do we reconcile this with the conversation from before about the melt-up? Every day the market doesn't have to go up. 
in the middle of a melt-up, you're going to have a day or two where people have to believe the whole thing is over. That's the way it works. Again, you don't know which day that's going to come out of nowhere. It's an awareness. You have to be thinking clearly. You have to be thinking properly. You can't think like the herd. You'll get trampled over. The herd mentality is where everybody thinks the same. It's a big group think. It's a circle jerk. Hourly chart of the transports. Doesn't look so hot. Looks similar to the IWM. They're like brother and sister over here. No wonder my two favorite market leading indicators. So this chart is actually indicating to come down and fill the gap. Could be more. There's another gap down here. Just saying that from a symmetrical standpoint, that's what's going on here. Where do you learn that stuff? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. About Captain Q. I don't want to split hairs, but something does pop off the page at me. I can't help but notice the fact that yesterday was the crap out. Yesterday's high is still above today's close. Nothing we're going to hang our hat on doesn't really mean anything. I just can't help but notice these things. So if I'm noticing it, I'm talking about it. You signed up to be inside my head. What's the big picture story? It's in an uptrend above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, there is absolutely nothing wrong with this chart. And when you look at the hourly chart, what happens to this reversal candle? If you get an hourly close above the high of that reversal candle, it's off the table and it's a clean slate, higher prices. It's just the way it is. What's going on over here with the financials? Look at that candle. Anybody notice that? You make a new high, put in a reversal candle, Poor day, doesn't really amount to much on the downside, down a few pennies, but it's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. These are the things that I was referring to inside the numbers. These are divergences. You have to pay attention, look at it this way. When an aircraft carrier group is coming into port, doesn't all happen at once. There's a lot of people working on a lot of stuff for a while to get that stuff docked. There's another one of those hourly chart crapouts. These are puzzle pieces. These are on the table. One day at a time, one candlestick at a time. How about the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Not really telling us anything. Somewhat of a flat day. Above all the moving averages. Not at new highs. With a reversal candle. Haven't even really challenged much of that reversal candle. The one I'm talking about is here from the 24th. So this is of note. These are puzzle pieces. These are all on the table. You can see there are divergences out here. These are all the reasons why we look at all the different markets and all the different charts. We need evidence. We need clues. We need to assemble the picture. Had a request to cover Boeing, so why not? Boeing's been in the news for months with the plane issue. We know the whole story Let's do it this way. Let's go to a monthly chart and we'll work backwards and I'll just describe what I'm seeing. From a large picture perspective, this is what it is. Boeing runs up for years and then goes sideways for a while, which is essentially a consolidation pattern. Now, in the midst of a consolidation pattern, there are points in which that pattern begins to fail. Maybe it's in the eye of the beholder. Everybody has their own opinion Two people can look at the same chart and come out with two totally different conclusions. So here's the way I look at it. You know I like breakup candles, breakdown candles. So what I like to do is find the nearest, most important breakup candle in a scenario like this. There it is. 
That's the low of the breakup candle that price is holding. In fact, it's also holding this one, which isn't far behind. So just call it in and around 300 where the price found stability. So as long as price remains above the low of the breakup candle, 309.40, but that's on a monthly chart closing basis. So you have to wait a whole month to find out where it's going to close. I'm just going over the details. Forget about whether it's an easy or hard trade or not. We're just talking about the chart. So as long as they hold that number, it's okay from a monthly chart perspective. However, what happens if they don't? Well, let's talk about these consolidation patterns. What are they doing? It's chart vibration, basically when a stock or any chart does this for a long period of time. It's the chart's way of telling you it's in an indecision mode. It's building energy, in this case, to make another push higher, which is a continuation move, which can also be viewed as a bull flaggish pattern. Okay, so they're all the same. They're all synonymous. doesn't matter what you call it. I want to get the concept down. So essentially, if this is going to continue, it's going to continue up to where? 600, 700, 800, who knows? That's the concept from a monthly chart perspective. But what's the flip side? What if it fails? That same energy that would be released on the upside would then be released in the southern direction. What happens then? It gets ugly. So before we leave the monthly chart, let's identify a couple of important areas this way we can reference them when we go down to other time frames. The only thing of real interest that's close by or at least nearest from a big picture perspective is the breakup candle low and in and around that 50 period moving average from the monthly chart. So we just want to note those prices. Now let's go take a look at a weekly chart. You can see pretty clearly from a weekly chart perspective the importance of that 309 zone. So that would have been handy to know ahead of time, wouldn't it? That's why we do the work in advance. Also, that second price, which was a ballpark figure, but you can see that the monthly chart 50-period moving average all of a sudden starts to coincide with a weekly chart 200-period moving average. So we'll call it in and around 275. Fair enough. So now we have a little zone developing between 275, 268, 266, 265, somewhere in that price. It's a moving target. The moving averages move. I'm just going through the thing as I normally do. I'm just doing it as I normally do. Instead of just seeing the result, you're actually seeing how the sausage is made. Now we go down to a daily chart, and boy, that 309 zone looks pretty dramatic, doesn't it? From a daily chart perspective, how high can we go? Well, naturally, you can see that price can easily get into those moving averages up above. The 200, the 100, it's kind of a semi-fat round number at 350. So on the upside, can there be $10 more for Boeing on the upside? Absolutely. Can there be more? Absolutely. Can they get up to this double top around 375? Absolutely. And the question is, why not? We're in a kabuki theater market. Anything goes. We'll do one more area on Boeing, which is back to the weekly chart, and I just want to go to the left. And what I like to do is I just scroll left. I want to see what there is. Without knowing what there is, I want to see what there is. And I already see something of interest. So let me point it out. Right here, you see where Boeing rallied up, and then it went sideways, and it put in a bull flag pattern. So for several weeks, which is a good amount of time, And interestingly enough, there are no accidents. There are no coincidences. 
Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will be not surprised when they look at what I just pointed out on the chart. They see the ensuing move. They'll scratch their head and they say, there it is again. It's in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. But here's the thing. It's a breakout area. We can make a case there are several breakout areas, but it's another one that we want to note. The market basically consolidated for a couple of months and then broke out to the upside. When it comes down to this area, there's a high likelihood that it will be important once again. This isn't a number in particular. We're just calling it, we'll call it 240 since it's close enough. 240, maybe it's slightly above that. Maybe it's slightly below that. We're going to call it 240 for argument's sake. So there's a couple of spots on the monthly chart. I took off the 309. We don't need that anymore. It already worked. Next stop, if, and it's an if, Boeing continues down south, 275 to 268, 265 in that zone. It's a big expensive stock. You have to give it some leeway. It's around the 50 period moving average. And then what I think is even a more important area, and I just showed you why, it's in green and red and white, not black and white, green and red and white. 240, maybe it's 250, maybe it's 230, but somewhere in that zone should be an assemblance of support. And that, my friends, is the anatomy of Boeing. One last comment on Boeing and on what we just went through. When I do this down to the dollar, down to the penny, when I want to get the number, there is other work. And yes, it is taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. I skipped some steps, but you got the basic concept of what I'm looking at, what jumps off the page at me on the charts, and then we drill down, go to work to find the actual numbers. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.